It was the plea of a princess that set a galaxy into motion. And in those words, those desperate sentences, a moisture farmer's nephew fell into his destiny and flew from the confines of his homestead to the outer reaches of the galaxy. This is Star Wars Prototypes and Production. early bird podcast, I shared a little bit about what Star Wars meant to me and how I've known Luke all of my life. I truly have. I honestly cannot remember a day that I didn't know what Star Wars was. It was born before me, and it's almost like it's been part of our molecular structure of oxygen, O2D2, if you will. And Luke kept finding me across various ages and places of my life, and Star Wars has always been there. So welcome to Early Bird Episode 2, a princess and a purpose. Why is it called a princess and a purpose, you may ask? In Star Wars A New Hope, Princess Leia sent a distress signal that traveled across the galaxy. She placed the evil empire's secret Death Star plans into an astromech droid named R2-D2. And through a series of events, the droid found its way to Obi-Wan, and in doing so, wound up in the hands of Luke Skywalker, Leia's brother. That hologram of a simple plea for help, that desperate request from a princess, gave Luke a purpose to his life that he never had before. So why do you collect? What is your purpose for collecting? Is it out of love for the characters in the movies? Do the toys serve as a chance to own a tangible piece of an intangible experience? Does collecting help us to reconnect with the joys of our childhood? A chance to scratch the itch of nostalgia? Or is it an obsession? Is it an intergalactic treasure hunt? Is it an archaeology class in which you learn as you uncover and then classify and display your treasures or write about your findings? Has collecting served as a stepping stone to connecting with others who are just like you? Or maybe with others who are nothing like you, but are cut from a similar cloth and share a similar love? Do you wake up each day and think, I wonder what I'll find today? Do you make wish lists in your head about what you hope to own? When shopping at Ikea, do you mentally fill in the empty cabinets and display cases with your present and future collection? Have you ventured out beyond your city or state to conventions or shows or even the houses and in some cases museums of other friends and collectors? Has collecting led to adventures and friendships and experiences beyond anything you've ever imagined a simple line of toys could take you? I guess what I'm asking, without sounding too ridiculous, is have you seen the hologram of the princess with that call to step out into something new? And have you answered that call? Of course, the hologram could be anything in life. A call to faith, a direction for schooling or a career, 
or even just a chance at starting over in life. But I think if you were to ask serious collectors, those who have been at it for a while and are part of the collecting community, they would tell you that Star Wars and the toys we love have added something special to their lives. That excitement we get from collecting leads to a passion, and that passion fuels a purpose within us. So what is your purpose? Why do you collect? I'll go deeper into the reason I collect in the next Early Bird episode, but like the transmission of Leia's faint hologram, there's always a beginning. This is the story of how I transitioned from playing with Star Wars toys to collecting them. The year is 1991. School ends, summer's here. I'm going into seventh grade in the fall. I'm heavily into comics, I love rollerblading, and and video games are an obsession. I love music, always have, but I'm still a little while away from being handed a cassette containing Nirvana, Pearl Jam, and the Chili Peppers that will change my life. But not yet. But as far as toys, uh, well, I stopped playing with toys years ago. In about 1987 or so, around the same time I got a Nintendo video game console. Somehow I think there's a correlation, right? But I still love Star Wars. I would still watch the movies and maybe occasionally pull out some of the toys from a cabinet in my basement. But I didn't know what to do with them. It's those weird tween years we go through as kids. Like we've outgrown our old clothes, but the new ones don't quite fit us yet. Anyway, I had a friend named Mike who lived down the street, three houses down. We did everything together. And one day, he tells me he's reading a new Star Wars series. They're going to make the the new movies with them, he says. Right? We've all heard that growing up. We've all heard some form of a rumor that was definitely, definitely true. That George Lucas, the guy who invented and created Star Wars, was hard at work again. With new worlds and old friends. The Jedi would definitely return this time. But when Mike tells me this news, he's holding the proof in his hands. His mom bought him a book, the the first one in a new series. It's called Heir to the Empire. His mom was reading the book too, and somehow they wound up with an extra copy, so Mike lends one to me. I stare at the cover, which feels somewhat familiar, but at the same time, completely new. I am more than excited, and that night I start reading again. I have no idea what to expect, but I feel like my love of Star Wars again has a purpose. It makes sense again. I know what to do with that excitement now. It's like when you're little and you like someone, but you have no idea what to do with those feelings. So you try all different things. You yell at them, you tease them, you make googly eyes at them, you turn red with embarrassment in front of them, and maybe even curse at them. It's messy. And then you get a little older, and things make a little more sense, and those feelings have a genuine purpose. So with my bedroom window cracked to let the cool night air in, I sit at my desk as the sun fades and I start to read. My mom, who is one of my heroes, knows I'm excited and knows I'm reading, so she makes me a cup of tea with lemon and honey in it and brings it to me. I start drinking, and I start reading. Heir to the Empire takes place five years after Jedi, Obi-Wan appears to Luke to tell him he is leaving him for good. 
I, I put the book down for a sec, and I drink some tea. Obi-Wan's leaving? For good? As in he'll no longer be watching Luke from afar like he did at the end of Return of the Jedi? This is some heavy stuff. I, I don't know if I'm ready to say goodbye yet to Obi-Wan for good. And with that, I'm reunited with Han, Leia, Chewbacca, and the droids I grew up with. And from that moment, my mind shoots off into hyperspace. Everything else is pretty blurry. But I come back to that desk night after night over that summer. And each night, my mom appears with the same cup of tea with lemon and honey. And I read and read. At the climax of the book, I won't say anything in case you haven't read it yet, my jaw drops. It builds up to this moment, this reveal, and while I honestly don't know if it still holds up today, it blew my mind. Again, a lot is blurry, but now I'm hooked. Hooked by the idea of new storylines, of new characters, and I want more. Mike and I are obsessed with Star Wars again. We prattle on about what we think the new movies are going to be like. We craft lightsabers out of PVC pipes, and we start writing our own script for a Star Wars movie we're going to film on our video camcorders. We are Jedi. We have costumes. We are choreographing lightsaber battles. Well, we never finished making the movie we spent most of the summer developing. Never filmed any of it, to my recollection. But it didn't matter. It was fun. It got us to be creative. And it was the bridge to something bigger. I dig through all of my old toys, which my parents, bless both their hearts, have kept in our basement. I know what to do with them now. I don't play with them anymore. I collect them. And just like I do with comics, and and my original figures, they're all there. I kept all of the accessories, all of the lightsabers and blasters and staffs and helmets and capes, and I just lay them all out on my basement rug to look at every single one. The next time Mike and I hang out, I come up with an idea. Remember, I'm, I'm 11. I don't know if there's a market for Star Wars collectibles. I can't drive anywhere. There's no mainstream internet yet, and, and my a- annual salary is chore money and holiday gifts. Where I lived, comics were plentiful, but Star Wars toys? Not so much. But we kids, we're, we're savvy. So Mike and I start walking through our neighborhood, ringing doorbells and asking neighbors if they have any Star Wars figures they want to get rid of. We do this for a few days, going further and further down our neighborhood, hitting up houses on both sides of the streets. Nothing. We hang out with another friend, Chris, who is our age and also collects. And one day, Chris comes over to Mike's house, and he brings a case of figures. He pulls out a blue snaggletooth. In case you're not familiar, a blue snaggletooth was an alien creature who hung out in the cantina in Star Wars. But instead of being blue and tall like the toy figure, the character in the movie was short and wore a red outfit. The Kenner designers who created the figure worked off of a black and white image and got the dimensions and the color wrong. So this blue figure, this plastic inaccuracy, made it onto toy shelves before it was scrapped for the shorter red version. And it was only sold through Sears in an exclusive playset. So in front of me is a blue snaggletooth. I don't have it, and somehow I know it's rare. Again, a lot of this is a blur. But I had some doubles of some figures, and so I offer him two figures for his one. He agrees. And inside, I'm going wild. A new figure to add to my collection. Outside, I I play a cool. Uh, I'm a collector now. And I just made my first trade for something special. As a collector, I am on a journey but it turns out the path I take isn't a straight line. And over the next two decades, I'll veer off in other directions, 
but I always seem to find my way back. But here's where it really connects and becomes something. That summer, I stay with my grandmother for two weeks. I did the year before when my grandfather was still alive. My grandmother's house was like Disney World for a kid, with an entire sprinkler system on the grounds, two staircases in the house, a piano, spinning kitchen chairs, a basement with a crawl space and a sewing room, a wraparound half-arced driveway, and a patio my sister and I would play tennis on. So I'm there at my grandmother's house in Long Island, staying for two weeks. Bayshore, to be exact. My aunt, who lived with my grandmother at the time, comes home one day with a flyer in her hand. And that week, down the street, a Star Wars toy show was happening at the local Jewish temple. The temple, being regularly closed on Sundays, was being rented out for the toy show. My aunt offered to drop me off there for a few hours. So so imagine this. I've never been to a toy show before. I have no idea what to expect. And when we pull up, I try to dart out of the car to rush inside, but my aunt insists on coming in with me. I go in through the side or back of the temple, straight down into the basement. It's dimly lit, and exactly as you imagine a basement looking and smelling. But there are tables and tables, and guys standing behind them and alongside them. And everyone is talking Star Wars. I don't know where to look first, almost trying just to catch my breath and my balance. I stopped playing with the toys around 1987 or so, but I think I got my last figure in maybe 1985. And to me, the Star Wars line ended with Return of the Jedi, somewhere right around figure 77. I had never heard about any other Star Wars toys, so I had assumed Kenner just stopped producing them once the trilogy had ended. Back to the show. So all of a sudden, from the corner of the room, I spot a carded Star Wars figure I had never seen before. And attached to the card, right above the figure's head, is a coin, which doesn't make sense. None of the figures I ever had came with coins. And there's a picture of Luke on the card, and he's dressed as a stormtrooper. Again, none of this makes sense because the line ended with Jedi, and there were never coins with the figures, right? But it's right there, and it's next to another carded figure, again with a coin, but it's somewhat translucent and a carbonite block, and it looks like there's Han Solo inside of it. I wish I were better able to describe this feeling. But imagine going to Disney World, if you love Disney World, riding all of the rides, exploring the park, and just having the time of your life. Like the time of your life in the truest sense of the word. And then you go back a year later, or a few years later, and you find out there's an entirely new land that you never knew existed. It looks like the rest of the park, but it's all brand new. And all at once, the breeziness of nostalgia mixes with the excitement of the unknown and the unexplored. So at that moment, I become acutely aware that the line continued with The Power of the Force, which was an amalgam of figures from all three movies that were never released before, and only released after the series ended. There were more Lukes, my favorite character. There was another Han. There was a Tatooine skiff. There was even a yak face, as one of the dealers kindly showed me. So I pulled out my wallet and I checked to see how much money I had. Fifty-three dollars. I asked him how much the Luke Stormtrooper was. He shows it to me, and as I was trying to memorize all the figures on the back, he nonchalantly says, 400 bucks. That's how much the Han was, too, and I believe the the loose yak face. I'm crushed, frustrated because I can't possibly afford any of these new old figures, these Power of the Force toys, the continuation of a line I thought had ended 
um, I can't bring it home with me, but I can't leave without them. I've never seen them before, and I don't know if I'll ever find them again. But after the initial flurry of thoughts and images recede, I become excited again. It's not if I'll ever get them, it's when. Because I'm a collector now, and I have a goal. I walk through the toy show, circling again and again, in hopes of finding a Power of the Force figure in my price range. One of the dealers sees how excited I am over these figures, as I keep finding my way back to his table to ask him more and more questions about them. He lets me hold the carded figures, and he tells me about them. And after I calm down a bit, I walk over to a table I figure is more within my price range, and I buy a loose, complete Luke Jedi figure. That's my favorite figure. I used to gnaw on the hands, noses, and feet of my figures as a child, and I wanted a Luke Jedi that didn't look like it had been attacked by a mouse. After that, I purchased a Luke Hoth in a heat-sealed baggie. I like the idea of the, of the sealed baggie because the figure inside is still pristine, and he comes with his rifle. So I pay $5 for each one. I have just made my first Star Wars purchase as a collector. So my aunt comes to pick me up after a few hours. I contemplate asking her if I could borrow the money for the Luke Stormtrooper, but $400 is so much money. I know there's no chance. And as we're walking out, she asks the gentleman at the door if there's another place or show to get Star Wars toys. And the guy gives her directions to a larger expo center and says there's a toy show going on just as we speak. My aunt offers to take me there, and I'm really excited. I was hoping to buy a carded figure, and I, I still have a chance. So we go there, and we walk the entirety of the center. I come across a vendor with a glass display cabinet. In it is a Return of the Jedi carded Darth Vader, and instead of the normal photograph on the card of Vader holding his lightsaber, this one has the alternate photo in which Vader is pointing at the viewer. There is a round white sticker that the seller has placed on the top right of the card, and it says $27. I walk around a little more, I find my way back to the vendor, and pulling out $27, I tell him I want the Darth Vader. I keep it on my lap on the ride home. It is pristine. It looks like it was just taken right off the shelf, and the bubble is still crystal clear. The card is glossy with a sheen on it. I love it. I thank my aunt, give her a hug, and I run upstairs. I lay out all of my purchases. I count how much money I have left in my wallet and I pull the white $27 circle sticker off the Vader card. Underneath it, it is a surface tear, almost the length of the sticker that was hiding it. I was scammed. I am crushed now. I can't even look at it. I feel like a fool. And in that moment, I am too young to be hit with something like this, in the sense that I just don't know how to deal with it. I certainly do not have the money to continue buying, especially since I don't know enough about what to look out for. I just like the toys. Financially, comic books are easier. Most comics are around a dollar. And $30 for a starter figure like a Return of the Jedi Vader, I just can't do it at this age. Plus, I don't have any way of learning about the figures and really how to collect. So it's not that I give up, but I lose a little bit of the excitement. And I wonder if I'll ever be able to make back the $27 on what looks to be an unfortunate purchase. And without the internet, or any other shows besides the two I attend that summer, I don't really see any other vintage Star Wars figures. So it's not that I lose interest, but at that point, I'm just honestly afraid to buy from an advertisement in the back of a comic or toy magazine because I don't want to be ripped off again, and I don't know enough like I do with the comics. 
And soon that cassette tape with Pearl Jam, Nirvana, and the Red Hot Chili Peppers will find its way into my radio in my room. And music will push Star Wars collecting aside for a few years. But I know I'm a collector now, and I know one day I will have that carded Luke Stormtrooper, a Tatooine skiff, and some of the other Power of the Force toys that I saw that day at that show. So whatever happened to the $27 carded mistake I bought? Today, that carded 77A back Return of the Jedi alternate photo Hong Kong Darth Vader sits in an acrylic case on a dresser in my room. And minus the tear that was hidden behind a price sticker when I bought it all those years ago, I managed somehow to keep it in nearly perfect condition. Somehow it made it through junior high and high school and the college years and the out of college and looking for a job years and what I guess are now the adult years. But it made it. And it's mine. And I'm glad I purchased it all of those years ago. I wish I could tell my 11 or 12 year old self just how much Star Wars would mean to me and the type of collector I'd become, and just how special that Vader would be one day. And like the moment in The Last Jedi, when R2-D2 shows an older Luke Skywalker, the original Leia hologram, all those years later, my first carded figure is a reminder of what sparked that journey, and how far along I've come, and the love and excitement that will forever be linked to it. In Star Wars, the original purpose began with a princess. And in Star Wars Collecting, that Vader, more than anything else I own, is a turning point from when I stopped playing with the toys and became a collector. Last episode, I closed with a story about meeting Mark Hamill, otherwise known as Luke Skywalker, at Celebration 2017 in Orlando. And since this was Leia's episode, I'll leave you with what to me, along with the Hamill tribute panel to Carrie, is the most personal and beautiful tribute to Leia and to Carrie. And it could have only been delivered by one person, Carrie's daughter, Billy Lord. During the first panel at the opening day of Celebration, George Lucas, Harrison Ford, John Williams, and Mark all paid tribute to our princess in their own ways. But it was Billy, dressed in the style of her mother's iconic white gown, who stole the show and our hearts. It was a brave and personal moment, and it was amazing to know that some of the traits Carrie had passed down to Billy was an inner strength and a bold courage. So here is Billy at the Star Wars 40th anniversary panel at Celebration 2017, continuing what her mother started and delivering the call of a princess and a purpose for Star Wars fans old and new. She taught me three important things. One thing all mothers should teach their daughters. General Kenobi, years ago you served my father in the Clone Wars. Now he begs you to help him in his struggle against the Empire. I regret that I am unable to present my father's request to you in person, but my ship has fallen under attack and I'm afraid my mission to bring you to Alderaan has failed. I have placed information vital to the survival of the Rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. My father will know how to retrieve it. You must see this droid safely delivered to him on Alderaan. This is our most desperate hour. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. 